Hey there, welcome on Inside, a brand new episode of How She Did It. Amanda Smith here. As always, thanks for coming to hang with us on the show. You may already know what I'm going to say next. If you haven't already, before this episode is over, make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you never miss a new pod. So recording this episode was a blast. I had such a fun time, and I'm so excited for you to get to listen to our conversation. So here is ESPN's Christine Williamson. that you're on the show today. I already was fangirling about her off camera. So <laughs> here she is. Thank you so much for making time to join us. No problem. I'm so excited that you hit me up and I'm so excited to be here and I'm excited about our conversation. Yay. This is going to be so fun. Um, I wrote this down because it's straight off your website and I thought this would be a good lead in to everything. Uh-huh. And it just says once upon a time, I was an athlete. Now I'm on camera talent at ESPN. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to go back to that volleyball player that you were at Miami, and we'll talk about your current career at ESPN. But first and foremost, why sports? Why did you want to play sports? And then after that, why did you want to pursue it as a career? So I actually, like you said, I was an athlete. Um, I grew up playing basketball and volleyball. Um, I also ran track, but I don't usually count that because it was like a very short-lived experience. But yeah, so I started actually playing volleyball because um, I went to a new school and my parents wanted me to make friends. Um, I started off extremely bad. My dad was like, oh my God, why we put her in sports? She was awful. Um, but then I actually ended up being really good, so, like very quickly. Um, and so that's how I started playing volleyball. And... Um, I got into the sports side of broadcast journalism. When I went into school, I knew, so I went to school at University of Miami for volleyball. I got a volleyball scholarship. Um, and when I went to school, I knew that I wanted to be a broadcaster. Um, but there are a couple of factors that kind of led me of going the sports route. The first one, um, one of my closest teammates and Okay, this is like a hard thing to explain. So one of my teammates, her name is Maddie Martin. I was really close to her brother who was in my class because she was a freshman when I was a senior. So like we were pretty close, but I was even closer to her brother who was the same class as me. Um, and they had a third sibling, Luke. So I was like really close to all of the siblings, okay? Their mom is Gail Searens, who is the first woman to ever do call an NFL football game. And so I love her. She's great. And I always looked up to her. She worked at our local, um, one of our local television stations. And I remember like watching her and being like, oh my God, I want to be just like Gail. Cause she was really cool. My mom also worked at a news station when I was very young. And so I was around the meteorologists, the sports people and all that stuff. And I just knew that I wanted to be in broadcast for that reason. Um, knowing that Gail had kind of um, laid the groundwork for women to be a part of sports in a, in a way it made me want to do that also, but there are a few other factors that made me want to go into sports. The second factor was the fact that when I was in broadcast journalism school, the professors were always talking about how hard it was to go in sports and how competitive it was. And I was an athlete. So I was like, you're giving me a challenge that I would love to attempt. Like, this is like, this isn't discouraging me for trying from trying this. Like, this is making me want to do this. Um, and I just, I remember actually the class that I was in because there was a few other people that wanted to be in sports. And I remember, um, one of the guys said something about it and the professor was like, yeah, but 
sports is a really hard and competitive industry. So like, it might be tough to get to the point that you want to be in. And I remember in that moment, I was like, oh, and really, okay. <laughs> um, so that, and then the third thing was I grew up watching sports. My mom has had multiple jobs in her life. She also worked for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and so we were around a lot of sports. Um, my dad is a huge basketball fan. And so um, I had always grown up around sports and been around sports, but I wasn't necessarily a fan. Like I, I don't, to this day, like people like to make fun of me because like my fandom just rotates. I'm like not loyal to anything. I'm like, oh, I like that. They're good, you know? Um, so I was never like a fan fan, but it fa fans really fascinated me. And so when I went to University of Miami, um, even though our football team at the time was doo-doo and kind of still is doo-doo now, not as doo-doo, but a little doo-doo. <laughs> um, um, I was always so fascinated with the fans' interest in the football team and like how obsessed they were and like how into them they were. And so I remember one of the things, cause I was really good friends with a lot of the football players. And one of the things that I wanted to do was like bridge the gap between the fan and the athlete. And it just like, that was something that I was always interested in. Like getting like these people that I know, they, they're like so far away from the fans that are like super into them, right? And I just wanted to bridge that gap and figure out how to bridge that gap. Um, so the combination of those three things made me want to go into sports. I want to circle back to something that you were talking about when it comes to college and professors or you know, maybe even a, another student that says, well, that's really hard to get into because yeah. like, I feel like I heard that time and time and time right. again. And although like this is the path that we chose to pursue, I also think that it could be a little discouraging to like an 18, 19 year old who, like I said, I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And all of a right. sudden it's like, well, I don't know if that's going to work out for you. Right. What advice would you give to the college student now that wants to pursue this career, but kind of has that outside energy causing a little bit of fear? Honestly, going into sports broadcasting is somewhat impractical. Like it, it is illogical to some degree, right? Like we work our butts off to get where we get, where we are, you know, and it takes like, I think of my path to where I am now and it was a hard one and you just have to be willing to grind. And it's also like, how much do you love doing what you're doing, right? Like. I think everybody has the ultimate goal to be at the pinnacle. Like everybody wants to be like Scott Van Pelt or like, you know, whoever, Holly Rowe, whoever's like at the top, the OGs. Everybody wants to be an OG, right? <laughs> Everybody's not gonna be an OG. And it was something that I had to accept. And I just was like, you know what? I love this profession enough that wherever it takes me, I'm gonna be fine with that. Um, and that was really the acceptance that I had to make when I was, at my last job, when I was at my job before that, where, you know, you're fighting battles and you're trying to, and you're doing things that are hard and you're working really long hours and all of that. And so you just have to be willing to grind and put in the work and actually really love what you do. Cause if you love what you do, you're going to be having fun the whole entire time. Right? Like I know, I don't know where I'll end up, but as long as I'm having fun and enjoying what I'm doing, I'm perfectly okay with however I'm wherever I am at the time. I know so many people, like um, a few people that I know that I was trying to, that were student athletes and stuff like that, that I was trying to, you know, help kind of get into the industry. And for a lot of them, it was discouraging because they're like, well, I'm an athlete. Like I should just jump right into like being here. And it's like, 
well, you know, this is a grind. And a few of them, because they couldn't figure out or like see the path immediately, or they weren't making a million dollars immediately, they were kind of like, hmm, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'd rather make more money. And that's their decision. It depends on really what your goal is. If your goal is to work in this industry because you love this industry and this is what you want to do, then do it, grind, work really hard and love what you do. But I think if your goal is ultimately to make a bunch of money and like be at the pinnacle, like there's a long road to that. All the people that have gotten there have been working for a very long time and worked their butt off to get there. And so it's really about loving the journey and accepting whatever you get (laughs) like it's like hey if you really love sports and you really love covering this and you really love talking to people and you really love being in this industry then it's definitely for you but i think sometimes the reason that a lot of people do get discouraged is because they're like i want to be rich and famous (laughs) and it's like okay well not some other way like we don't like that is not how that's not what's gonna happen so if you really love what you're doing then i think you'll be fine but um, I think I think there's a misconception sometimes among people because they're just like, I just want to be rich and famous. And like that person all the way at the top, like that's what I want to do. And that's a great goal. Like it is a great goal, but it takes a while to get there. And so you have to love the grind. Totally. I love that you brought that up because this isn't always a glamorous job. And it's almost like you can't work to be famous, more so to be successful in what you're doing. Right. Like you have to define that success on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you said that you always knew that broadcast was what you wanted to get into. There are different avenues that you can pursue when it comes to sports, whether it's like coaching, being an SID, PR, like the list goes on and on and on. Right. Do you think that your mom and your friend's mom, Gail, had an influence on, on why you wanted to pursue the broadcast route specifically? Yeah, I think for sure. Um, I actually spent, when I talk about like your journey is a grind. When I left Miami, I went to grad school at Clemson and originally I was hired as a graduate assistant reporter. So I was reporting in the athletic department on all of the sports and all the teams and stuff like that, mainly on Olympic sports, but I did some football stuff too. But there was, once I got there, they hired a new person that was over the communications department. And then all of a sudden I was an SID for track and field and volleyball. Okay. So I was doing everything else that I was doing, but I was also an SID. And this so is a I, lot of work for those who maybe don't know. I, my mouth was like almost dropped open. I cannot oh believe that. It was, it was insane. And so what I would do is because I was traveling with the team and stuff like that, I would just, I just decided basically to do all of the content and all the coverage that I was doing on those specific sports. So I, I came up with um, different series that were focused on those sports because that was still my job, right? Like I was still supposed to be, first of all, that was ultimately what I wanted to do, but also it was like what one of my responsibilities were. So I came up with a volleyball specific series. I came up with a track and field specific series. Um, I think ultimately getting experience in anything and everything is good because it kind of like makes you realize, okay, wait, this is what I want to, I do not want to be an SID. (laughs) I would love to continue doing what I'm doing. So I think when I talk about the grind, um, getting experience in other things is always super important because then it allows you a, to realize what you really want to do, but then B also get those, that skill set that you wouldn't have otherwise gotten. Um, but yeah, I think being around, um, Gail watching her job, she was like our, um, 
one of the nighttime news anchors and then my mom just being around the people in the news station. I was like in commercials when I was growing up for the local station. It was so great. What? Um, yeah, it's hilarious. I, they're on VHS and I keep telling my mom we have to get them like put on digital so that I can share them because they're hilarious. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately they like just being around them and, and seeing their career path and like the people that they're around is, is what made me want to be on camera. So as you're, you know, grinding through the business, you're working at Clemson, doing all these different things, was national network always kind of the goal you were pursuing or how did working for ESPN come about for you? So my goal changed 17 million times just because of the fact that I was told and this is kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about your professor, like telling you, oh, like it's going to be really hard and that kind of thing. I was told so many different things along my journey that I was not sure of what my ceiling was. Like, I didn't know if it was realistic for me to say, well, I want to be at ESPN. Like, I didn't know if that was a realistic goal. So there were times where I was like, oh, like, I just want to be doing this instead. Like, this is how this, I like doing this. This makes me happy. Like, I would like to be doing this maybe on a larger scale and stuff like that. So my goal changed a million and one times. I remember at one point people would ask me, do you ultimately want to be at ESPN? I'd say no. And I think it was a little bit more of me being like, I can't get there. So I'm not even going to say it like, that's just like ridiculous. But one of the reasons that I used to say that all the time is because when I was, when I came out of college and I used to try to apply for local news jobs and stuff like that, I never got any of them. And they always had the same feedback, which was, we love your reel. You have a lot of energy. You're great, but you don't have any hair. And that's weird. They didn't say it like that, but like, that was ultimately what they would say in like a roundabout way. And so for me, I was like, okay, well, I know I'm not changing what I look like. So either y'all are going to have to adjust or I'll just adjust. And so I was just like adjusting. I'm like, well, if somebody's going to say that they don't want me on their, on their local television station, then how am I going to be able to get reps to be on a national network? So like, let me figure out how to just work in this industry. And like for a while, I was just literally just focused on digital where I was like, the digital space completely understands why I'm bald. <laughs> and so I didn't have to like, like tell anybody about it. Um, and so that's why my goal kind of shifted the way that I got to ESPN. And honestly, like, I always say like, I legitimately, this is why I believe that like, if you just work really hard and, you know, try like be nice to people and like grind, um, things will ultimately end up working out because the way it happened, it kind of just kind of fell in my lap. I, um, felt like I had kind of plateaued at my job at the time. I was at the big 12 conference and I didn't feel like I was really growing and I really wanted to grow. I really wanted better feedback. I wanted more reps and stuff like that. And so I sent my reel out to some agencies just to see if anybody could give me any feedback or would want to sign me and help me find a job where I would be able to do a little bit more than what I was doing at the big 12. And um, I sent out my reel and my current agency contacted me back and they were like, we love you. Come here right now. Like we would love to meet you. So I was like, okay. So I flew out to New York and met them. And, um, when I went and talked to them, they like called me a couple days later. They're like, we still love you. And they were like, I remember it was so weird because there was a woman who, um, followed me on Twitter. This is, I hadn't even signed with these people yet. This woman followed me on Twitter. That was like one of the talent recruiters at ESPN. And I was like, why is this person following me? This is so weird. And so I was like, that's odd. 
whatever. I didn't really think anything about it. I was like excited, but I was like, I don't know why this random person is following me. <laughs> like, Isn't that like so funny that that's like life now? It's like, why did that person follow me? Right, yeah. How did you find me? Right. I'm like, how did you find me? Did you like, I didn't put anything out there. Like, what are you doing? Um, and so then a, like a day or two later, I got a call from the agency and they were like, Hey, like, um, I was in Dallas, Texas. That's where the big 12 is based. And they were like, Hey, um, some people from ESPN are going to be down in Austin because they're doing some auditions for a women's basketball analyst position. But like, obviously that's not what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm not analyzing any women's basketball, but <laughs> I can go. Oh my gosh. I want to be your best friend. I really like <laughs> period. <laughs> I love that because I'm a psychopath. <laughs> but but I was like, okay. And they were like, not to do be like a women's basketball analyst, but like because um we just want you to get in front of them. And I was like, bet that makes sense. And I hadn't even signed with these people yet. I'm like, am I your client? Like I don't understand. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, okay, great. And then like a couple days later, I was like, and I should probably sign with you before I go talk to these people. <laughs> Um, and so I signed with them and the reason I say that, like, I just feel like things that are supposed to happen will happen if you're a nice person, if you grind, if you're like doing what you're supposed to be doing is because I was so freaking nervous when I went down there. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to pee my pants. Um, I say with my friend, like I had friends that lived down in Austin. Um, and I went that morning and I, I don't think I've ever actually told anybody outside of like the people that I know this story. I met this woman, her name is Carol and we sat in a room and I remember I was so nervous, like I said, and we started talking about like life stuff. And then we're sitting there like crying <laughs> to each other, okay, <laughs> like literally crying. And I'm like, why am I crying in this room? But we're just like holding hands, like crying and just like, ah, like having a real life talk. And I remember after that conversation, I was like, oh, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, I'm not like, this is just like, whatever. So the rest of the time I felt perfectly fine. I met a couple of other people. We were just having conversations. We ate like tacos and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, cool. And then after the conversation, they were like, we would love for you to come up to Bristol so you can meet some people. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I think like two weeks later, I came up to Bristol um, and met with like 30,000 people in a day. Like literally was going like from AM to PM was like going from office to office, lunch with some people, like office to office, just meeting people. Cause they didn't have any position. They like, it wasn't like, oh, we're starting a new show and we're like auditioning hosts. Like they were just kind of like, let's get you out there to see if anybody could use you. Um, so I came out to Bristol and then about a month later, um, I got a text message from Carol and she was like, Hey, we have some people that think that that be, they would love to hire you. Like, are you down? And I was like, heck yes. And it was so funny because my agent, the football season was about to start or actually the college football season had just started. And he's like, it's college football season. Like, would you want to go now? And I'm like, yes, right now. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, when do I need to be on a plane? Right, I can leave literally right now. I can put my two weeks in right now if you want me to. Um, so yeah, it just kind of happened. And, you know, it's not, I was, I honestly was just like, I had been applying for like 
local jobs again. And I didn't want to, like, I was in Dallas, Texas. I wasn't trying to go to like a small market. Like I had been like, I lived in Clemson, South Carolina. I lived in Denver. I moved to Dallas. Like I wasn't trying to go like move to the middle of nowhere to go like take a local job. And that's the reason that I was looking for an agent. Cause I was like, these people can help me get like a bigger job than like a random job in the middle of nowhere making like $3. Cause I was like, I'm an adult now. Like I can't, <laughs> like we're not doing this. Um, and so, yeah, they were like, oh, you want an adult job? Here you go. So that's kind of, that's kind of what happened. I think that's just such like a beautiful story of not letting others kind of like dictate the path that you go down to, because I feel like every person you talk to in the business has a different story of a different avenue of where they started and what they did to kind of work to the position that they're at now mm-hmm. to kind of circle back to talking about you know, those people who basically told you, you don't have the look that we want, which is some bullshit. I'll just say that some, (laughs) you know, to someone who watches you and can see themselves in you doing their dream job, what do you hope you represent? There was, um, when I worked at the big 12, all the time I had athletes come up to me because I feel like at one point in my career, I did try to do things that look like other people because I was like, I'm not gonna be able to get a job if I don't like act like these people, talk like these people, dress like these people. Um, But then there was a moment where I was like, I don't care. Like literally do not care. (laughs) Like I'm gonna wear the clothes that I wanna wear. I'm going to be the personality that I am. Um, and I remember when I was working at the big 12, a lot of times there would be athletes that would come up to me and be like, Hey, like, how are you doing this? Because like, you look like us, you have tattoos, you're like bald, you dress really cute. Like what the heck? And I'd be like, girl, literally just do it. That's, there was a, I talked to this woman not too long ago who reached out to me on Instagram and she was like, you know, I've always struggled with like trying to do this and that, like her hair and like all this stuff. And I was like, just do it. Because here's the thing. I don't have to worry about if somebody, okay, I'm going in a million circles, but I I got the best advice when I was looking for jobs, when I worked for the big, or not the big 12, when I worked for the Broncos and I was looking for a job, um, cause I wanted to be, I was like, still like, oh, just give me a local job. So I have some stability. Um, and there was a director at a station in Seattle who used to work with my mom when we were in Tampa. And he said, everybody is not going to like you. And that's perfectly fine because you just need one person to like you. And that person is all that matters. Like you don't need every single place to be like, we want you, we want you, we want you. You just need one person to be like, actually, I really want you. And so I just carried that with me, right? And so I might not look like anybody else. I might not dress like anybody else, but that's the thing that allows me to stand apart. And that's the thing that's gonna make somebody say, whoa, I've never seen that before, I like that. But if I look like everybody else and do everything that everybody else is doing, then it's like, okay, like which one of these people that are all the same do we want to choose? You know what I'm saying? And so I think I, for younger people, show them that you don't have to try to be somebody that's not you. Like the only, the person that you are is the thing that's going to get you the job, not you being other people. Because like I said, it's like the person, like the professor telling me it's a very competitive industry. Well, it's not competitive if I'm the only one that looks like me and acts like me, right? If nobody else is able to offer 
ESPN, what I'm able to offer them, then it's, there's no competition. Like it's me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I hope that for younger people that are looking up to me or for anybody that's like, wait, I really want to do that. I hope they don't say, well, I have to do what she's doing. Like, no, you do what you do because only you can offer what you have. And that's what makes it, there's no competition. If somebody wants you, you're the only person that can fill that role. I think it's funny because oftentimes, you know, you hear in this business, like, just be yourself, be authentic, but don't wear that. And don't say that. And don't do that. And maybe you should like try this. And then it's like, wait, I'm changing everything that I am authentically me to fit what you want me to be. And that's just like a whole mess in itself. And so thank you so much for sharing that story. Yeah. It's literally the scariest thing too, because I will tell you, I sometimes think I'm insane. Okay. Like, yeah, but I like love you. Like, not to be crazy, but I love you. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, Christine, like take it down 48. What's your like star sign? Um, I'm an Aries. Sagittarius. We're like just flowing. <laughs> like, I feel like it's the scariest thing because um I was I do this thing where like my natural, like when I'm super comfortable thing to do is just to start singing. Like I will like, Why haven't you done it yet? like <laughs> this is, I do it all the time on my shows where I'm like, and now, and then I just like start singing. And I, at one point was like, okay, Christine, you need to calm down. You're doing this way too much. You're singing all the time. And I got a, I got, I sing all the time when I do sports that are on Snapchat and I keep telling myself, okay, literally like we get it. You like singing, but like take it back a notch. But anyways, one morning I got a cold call from a person that's like pretty high up at ESPN. Like literally just called me out of nowhere. And I was like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> I like see him calling. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? So I answer the phone and he's like, I just wanted to tell you that you completely made my week. You got to singing on SportsCenter on Snapchat and I just could not stop smiling. He was like, I just love seeing you. I was like, so like, I think it's like what going back to what I said, right? There are things that only individual people do and that's all you can offer. And one person might hate it, but somebody's gonna love it and it's gonna be the right person. And that's where you need to be because you don't wanna change yourself in order to fit some type of mold because you're not being authentic. You're not being yourself. And um, I think, like I said, it's so scary because they're, like I said, I will be like, you're so annoying, shut up. <laughs> and then like, people are like, yes, girl, we love that. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I'm like feeding off your energy right now. <laughs> this is not even my show. This is your show. This is like, I'm just a guest here. Take it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, like you kind of mentioned <clears throat> the stuff you do on Snapchat you work on a variety of different platforms, different shows, and you cover a multitude of different sports. We get to see the finished product that is a post or a show. What does the work you do look like that goes into preparing for that? Oh my God. It's so hard. It's so when I say it's a grind and it's a journey, like it doesn't stop once you like get your dream job. Like I'm in a place where 
I will say, I say yes to pretty much everything. Anybody that's like, hey, can you fill in for this? Can you do this? Um, Cause I still feel like I'm a rookie and I'm like just trying to, you know, prove to, that I'm, you know, I can do kind of anything and I'm very versatile. But like, I feel like, okay. So like my week, my last two weeks actually have been nonstop craziness. And like you said, I cover a multitude of sports. When I first got to ESPN, I had been covering the Big 12 for three years, okay? And the only other sport that I really cared about was like watching for fun, other than like college football and like all the things that I had to keep up with was the NBA. And I, but I was paying attention to Big 12 football. I was not paying it, like I knew obviously Clemson and Miami because I went to those schools and like, you know, I would pay attention to like Alabama and like Ohio State. I never heard of them. Yeah, like who are they? But I was not like paying attention to like the entire Pac-12 football. Like, no, I'm not paying attention. <laughs> like, so I get here and I'm thinking I have like weeks to prepare because it was so funny because they were like, oh, you can shadow, then you can let us know when you're ready. And then you can just like raise your hand and then we'll be like, okay, she's ready. So I'm thinking that that's what I'm going to do. I get here and I'm like about to shadow a college football show. And they're like, yeah, like the producer goes and then Christine's going to be on the show next week. And I was like, who? She was like, he was like introducing me to somebody. And I was like, wait, who's going to be on the show? Who? Who's going to be on it? And he's like, you're going to be on the show next week. And I was like, good. All right. <laughs> like, I was like very ready for that. Oh so God. I remember I was like, I'm going to die. Um, because I just knew that I didn't know every single thing about all a hundred and whatever football teams. And that's what I thought. I, I thought I needed to know that. Like, I'm like, I need to know. Who the starting quarterback is for this random school? <laughs> like, who is it? I don't know. Right now. Exactly. So um, when I first got here, I was freaking out. And I think probably the first two or three months, I felt like I was completely behind. Like, I was just like, I could not. I felt like I was like always like reading every single thing online. Like, look, like I had, oh my God, I have like, they're still here. Like I have binders that are like this thick of full of papers that I was printing out and like highlighting and doing all this stuff. And then I actually went to um, breakfast one morning with Al Duncan. I was like, I need you to go to breakfast with me and tell me what the hell I'm doing. Cause I don't know. <laughs> like I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she looked at me and she goes, Christine, here's the thing. Cause I was getting on shows with like Mike Golick Jr. And like people that had and Mike Golick and like people that were like covering football for their whole entire lives. And I, in my mind was like, oh, I'm supposed to be you, right? Elle sat me down and she was like, no, nobody expects you to be Mike Golick Sr. or Mike Golick Jr. or Trevor Scales or like literally anybody that you're sitting next to. Everybody expects you to be you. So like, yes, study proficiently, learn everything, but you don't have to sit there and break down stuff like Mike is. Like, that's not your job. And once I learned that, it goes back to like just being complete yourself, the preparation is so much easier. <laughs> like, it's just like understanding, like nobody expects me to have been covering the MLB like Tim Kirchin because that would be ridiculous. You're not him and you have, he's been covering baseball for as longer than I've been alive. So like, obviously he did, people don't expect that. Um, so first of all, once I realized that like the weight was lifted and my study time wasn't as burdensome and my prep time wasn't as tedious where I was like trying to stuff all this information in my mind. Right. Once I realized, okay, what am I really good at? 
I consider myself a really good storyteller, right? So me figuring out the storylines is my bread and butter. So if I, if I like, I have to, <laughs> I was asked two days ago to cover the beach volleyball NCAA tournament to do sideline for that. I have not been paying attention to beach volleyball. <laughs> I've never covered it in my life. I played volleyball in college, totally different game than beach, right? And so I was asked this and I feel like if this was a year and a half ago, I would have been peeing my pants. I wouldn't be sleeping. Like I'd be going crazy. I'd be like, I'm not going to be able to do this. But once I figured out that it's just about like, it's fun. Like it is fun to learn about the sports that we're covering so that we can sit there and talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's not, I think when I first got here, I was thinking it was a, oh my God, if you don't know this information, everything's going to go insane. Right. Once I realized it was like, oh no, I'm just trying to learn the stories of these athletes, figure out how to tell the audience that's staring at me, the stories that I know, because I, I did all the prep to learn them, right? I get to sit down with these coaches and players and say, hey, like, what about this? What about that? And then relay that information to the people that are watching the show. Um, and so my prep has looked a lot different than I think when I first started here and what it looked like previously because I just realized that I am the storyteller. And if you think about it as when you sit down and read a book, like you're reading a book because you're like, I would like to be entertained and I would like to learn about this. You're not reading a book because you're like, oh no, I'm studying for a test. And so those, once I learned the difference between those two things, my preparation is like actually a lot of fun and it's not as much as a burden as it was when I first got here when I was like highlighting stuff and like, oh my God, wait, who was the coach again? Who's the player? Like, oh my goodness, do I know this? Once you just learn that you're you're literally just being told a story and telling a story, it was so much easier, but it is a lot of stuff to keep up with. It does, that does not change that. Um, I do a number of shows, like you said, so, um, I'll go from doing like a college basketball show, which is obviously just focused on college basketball to doing an all sports show. I do a show once a week called sports center all night on radio. And it's literally just me talking about everything that happened for an hour, <laughs> everything that happened in the day for an hour. Um, and so I'm talking about UFC. I'm talking about never in my life. Have I ever watched UFC until I came to ESPN? So Talking about UFC, I am not a huge baseball fan. I'll watch a baseball game here or there, but won't really be paying attention. Talking about the MLB, talking about sports that I just like wasn't talking about before. And I think the moment that I realize it's not, it's not scary. Like it's just things that are happening. Like, and you're just relaying the information and it's not, it's not rocket science. Um, it made it a lot less burdensome. I think that's so interesting because I feel like even I, in moments, have thought like, well, I'm not an expert in that sport. I cannot do that. And then I do it anyways. But right. <laughs> it's like way terrifying because I'm like, right. I don't know the correct terms. And like, obviously you have to study and stuff, but I love that you kind of just like, oh, wait, girl, you're just like, have this confidence that's infectious. <laughs> that's the best. I feel inspired. I'm going to go do something after this. Go do whatever you want. I'm going to no. go do something. I don't know what it is. I mean, I think that, I think it goes back to originally, like just being yourself and understanding, like, I'm not going to like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to offer anybody anything other than like, 
obviously, like I said, you were grinding, we're working really hard. Those things are true. So if that is true, then I know that when I show up, I'm going to have all the information that I need to, that I need. There's nothing to freak out about. Like nobody's quit. It's not a quiz. Nobody's going to say, well, who's the coach of that team? Like, that's not what our job is, right? Our job is to relay a message, to tell a story, to explain to the audience something that's going on. And so once you realize that and that the audience isn't going to raise their hand and be like, um, who won this championship in 1948? Like, like, are you sure, you know, because in 1971 on a Thursday, who was the pitcher? <laughs> right and it's just like, not even of a team who was the pitcher right in general who was the pitcher the <laughs> like nobody's doing that um and so once I realized that I was like oh this is so much like so much more fun than I was making it out to be like this is not a freaking test and a quiz um I think about how during the NCAA tournament so many people were calling Max Acemus Max Abmus and I was very annoyed by it as a person that knew his name was Acemus but it also made me realize that like, just because somebody on TNT is calling this man Abmus doesn't mean that they don't know what they're talking about. They just don't know what his name is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, his name is spelled A-B-M-A-S and it's confusing. They just clearly haven't done their research and realized that his name is Max Acemus. But that does not mean that they don't know what they're talking about. I'm not gonna be like, um, excuse me, uh, Charles Barkley, you said his name Acemus is you said admis and I don't feel like you know what you're talking about like he just said it wrong you know what I'm saying so like people like to look at the technicality the technicality is not important that does not mean that you don't know what you're talking about I always have to remind myself that when I say somebody's name wrong like Kamara Usman or something like that in the UFC I'm like how do you say this guy's name that does not mean he does not know she just doesn't know how to say his name you just do a million different things oh yeah there's a lot there's a lot yeah there's and a lot and, and like I said I'm always like covering that yeah exactly and i'm just like and i'll just be like yes i can do that and i'm like i think we'll, we'll figure it out i'll just figure it out later oh my gosh okay i'm just having such a blast i don't want to ever <laughs> christine doesn't know but i'm like gonna be her bff <laughs> oh. that's always down for new bffs so how do i move to bristol I don't know. trust me you do not want to move to bristol <laughs> It was so funny when I first got here. I remember like everything was so incredibly like, oh my God, I'm here at ESPN. And like, obviously like I've watched sports dinner all the time and like all that stuff. And so I was getting my makeup done. I was about to do a sports dinner on Snapchat shift and I'm getting my makeup done and Sage Sue walks in and she's like, oh, hi, how are you? And I'm like, we're like talking and she goes, um, so where do you live? And I said, I just moved here. And she goes, why? <laughs> And I remember being like, wait, isn't this what I'm supposed to want to do? And she was like, oh, why would you move here? <laughs> and she was like, yes, I um, moved here, then moved to California, then moved to Florida, then moved back. But nobody should ever move here. And I was like, oh, OK, well, I just did. So that's weird. <laughs> but like, for that reason, trust me, you do not want to move to Bristol. That is such a funny story. <laughs> why? Why would you do that? I was like, oh, I guess this is the job. And she's like, okay. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Maybe I did the wrong thing. I don't know. <laughs> so you need to put your child acting back to it and make a commercial. <laughs> 
I should, I should. Okay. Rapid fire game. Okay. Real quick. First thing that comes to your mind. I know. I'm really bad at this game. But that's okay. If you need, you know, we're very flexible on this show. It's rapid, like the time span for rap rapid is a little longer. That's fine. It it means different things to everybody. That's why I'm in charge of this whole show. So I guess. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Go. Favorite sports memory. Like when I was playing or when, which one? It's up for you, girl. Um, okay. This is actually hilarious. I'm going to, I'm going to use one from when I was playing <laughs> so bad. So when I was playing um, my senior year, um, we went to the tournament and we played our first game. Oh my God. We killed the first team that we played in the first round. The second round, um, I don't know if you guys know much about volleyball, but we literally it was the second so there's best out of five right Mm -hmm. so the second set we lost the first one we go into the second one and we didn't um rotate for i think 20 points because we were playing so poorly and this is my last game ever okay and you know like usually when you're a senior you're like oh my god i'm so sad i legitimately (laughs) first of all when we finally did score to rotate the other team's fans started clapping for us because we were so bad we go into the locker room our coach is pissed she's like throwing things and me and my best friend on the team are just crying laughing like we were just like what are we doing and the reason it's so funny to me is because it's just like i feel like most people have like a very like emotional like very like um like oh my gosh my season's over and da, da, da. i remember that moment i was just like what is going on? And obviously I feel like that's probably my my <clears throat> most thought about memory because it was like the last game that I ever played. But it's just so funny because all I remember is going to the locker room like in between sets and being like, oh, we're playing so bad that we can't even be mad about it. Like it was just like, I'm not even mad about this right now because what are we doing? Um, so I'm not sure if that's like a positive one, but I think it's hilarious. So That is way funny. I'm just trying to picture you and your BFF. Oh my gosh. And the other thing too, is like, I didn't used to play back row. She used to play back row for me, but we started in the rotation where I started. So I, I started front row and I was like, get me off the court. Like, please let's just score so I can get off the court. (laughs) Like I'm not trying to be on the court right now. I just needed like one rotation to get off the court. And I'm like, can somebody just pass the ball so we can get a side out so I can get the heck off this volleyball court because I'm dying. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Okay. Favorite athlete? Of all time. Um, I want to say Serena Williams. Well, okay. I'm like a Serena Williams slash I'm really into Naomi Osaka right now. She's like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with her. Um, so are you a big tennis fan? I'm actually not a big tennis fan. I'm just a big, I will watch them play. Okay. Like, I'll watch certain people play, but I won't like watch the whole entire tournament. Like I'm just not a tennis fan, but <clears throat> I'm recently very obsessed with Naomi, Naomi Osaka. Like I'm literally obsessed with her. I'm also weirdly obsessed with Blake Griffin. Okay. Which is so weird. I've just like followed him all over the place. Yeah. Oh, I'm a Clippers fan. I'm a Pistons fan. Oh, now I like the Nets. And guess what? 
they're probably going to win a championship. So makes sense. Well, you picked the right team. <laughs> exactly. I told you, I have no loyal fandom. Like, I just like, mm, okay, you're fun. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that it's like come on you root for individual people exactly exactly totally uh okay current goal you have okay so two well no i'll just say one i'll say my b-hag my big hairy audacious goal i've been telling you then you yeah that was like such a tease okay well the first one isn't that big of a goal my first one is like a goal towards the b-hag which somebody asked me the other day, they were like, okay, like we know your ultimate goal, but like, what do you want to be doing in two years? I'm like, oh, fine. So my <laughs> ultimate goal is I would like to host a, um, you know how they have like late night television, like um, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy, the other one. Um, Kimmel. Yeah, Kimmel, okay. <laughs> like, isn't there another Jimmy? And like James Corden and people like that, that have like their late night shows. I want to do that, but for sports. So like yeah. have a night, but like same exact format, like, have a band and have like the like the whole thing but so like talk show vibes um but for sports i love that isn't that fun that's just like the best idea right like i like playing games with people one of the things that i used to do with my athletes all the time when i was at the big 12 is make up games (laughs) to play with them that like were specific to them so like like with oklahoma football when jalen hurts was there um and Blake, Blake Griffin. Oh my God. Um, Baker Mayfield had just left and I was like, okay. Like, and then there was like, um, some other, they were lying. Like they were acting like Jalen wasn't going to start. But anyways, they had these other quarterbacks that were like, maybe going to start too. So I was like, I played a game with them called which quarterback is it? And then like read off fat. Like, so like games like that, where it's like something to do with like people. Yeah. Like a game. So I'm a game player. So I would love to do that on my late night talk show. I'm very excited for this show and I will be watching. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Last one for this little rapid fire get to know Christine game. Okay. The dream interview. Drake. I'm okay, obsessed. Like, <laughs> and this could be a real thing. Cause I also saw you like had Jason Derulo on and. Oh yeah. And I sang to him. And I was fine. You did. You still get to sing on this show. I'm like, <laughs> okay, wait. See, that's what I'm talking about. It, it's like in the moment. Like I'll be feeling it, and then all of a, all of a sudden I'll be like, and now I sing. It was so funny. I was I fill in for Sports Nation, um, and I had filled in enough for the producer to decide to write a script that I was specifically supposed to sing. He was like, since you're going to sing in the intro anyways, I wrote this line for you to specifically sing. I was like, I love you. And I know that you love me. That just is what that shows me. Oh, my <laughs> I, I'm Okay, so Drake, coming up on your talk show you're going to do. Uh-huh. What'd you say? Drake can be on your talk show. Oh, heck yeah. Like, first interview. I keep trying to figure out, like, how I can convince somebody to let Drake be on a show that I'm already on. <laughs> also, I know people that know Drake and I'm like, is that weird for me to say out loud? But then I'm like, no, because no. No, that's not weird. Right. That's not I'm weird like, I'm one degree separation away from him. So it's like the easiest thing to do. And so you know how like everyone, like there's that saying that like everyone knows everyone through like seven people or something. Right. You're right. like already there. You're just through one like, person. I'm one degree away. Totally. So actually, you are friends with Drake. We're best friends. When I was um, when I was younger, when he was on Degrassi, 
I used to all the time. I used to think we were gonna get married. I was pissed when he became a rapper because I was like, well, now how am I gonna marry you? <laughs> now you're like real famous. Like originally you were like fake famous and I feel like we could have figured something out. But then when he became real famous, I was so pissed because I was like, well, now who am I gonna marry? <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking to one of my friends about this earlier today, which is so funny you bring this up because we, like, she was like, I'm going to marry Justin Bieber. And I was like, yes, you are. And I was like, I'm going to marry Harry Styles. And she was like, yes, you are. And I used to say, like, I convinced myself that was going to be my life. And my friends were like, absolutely, you are. And I'm like, thank you for encouraging this dream. Not that hard. It's not that hard to do. I truly, (laughs) like, when I'm convinced of something, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is totally happening. And that's kind of how I was for a while with Drake. I don't want to marry him anymore, um, but I would like to interview him. But yeah, yeah, I just feel like, duh, like this is what's going to happen. It may, like, it's going to happen because you're that close anyways. Right, right. Okay, we've got two fan questions. Yay! Two fan cues. I have to, sorry, they're on Instagram, but I have to... um, have my like social media time limit thing popping up so I need to oh I hate that I always I do it and then I'm like 15 minutes 15 minutes and I'm like shoot I'm not done yet right (laughs) I also hate when it's 12 a.m and I'm at refreshes and it's like you only have 15 minutes and I'm like well that's awkward because it's not even tomorrow (laughs) it's today (laughs) I go through this all the time it's awful it's awful I'm like oh cool I can be on this and then like you said I'm like wait I just use my whole time for the whole day Right, right. Oh. And then I'm like, why did I put this on here? And then it's like, <laughs> well, because last week you spent 24 hours on social media, so you need a time limit. Because <laughs> that's a whole day that you spent in a week. That's a whole extra day that you could have had. <laughs> <sighs> okay. So happy go lucky. Love that username. Love oh, that. cute. I would like to know... Was it a challenge when you got your position? Did you ever feel like you had to prove yourself? Heck yes. I think when I got here, it was, the challenge was, um, I think it's just like what I was saying earlier. Like the challenge was accepting that they hired me to be me. Like they didn't hire me to be somebody else and they didn't hire me to prove myself. They hired me because I was already who I was. Um, I mean, if they hired people on changing to something else, they would hire something else. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so I just had to keep reminding myself. That's one of the things that happened in in the conversation with Elle too, is her just being like, hey, dude, like they hired you for you. And like, yes, you'll grow. Yes, you'll get better. Yes, you'll improve. But they hired you because they wanted you to be that person. They didn't want you to be somebody else. And so once I realized that, and once I was comfortable with being me and understanding, like, I know what, like, I know I'm not a football analyst. I know I'm not a basketball analyst. I know I'm not a historian. And so just trusting that the way that I've done things my whole entire life, that's what they want until they tell me otherwise. And accepting the fact that I am not other people, right? Like I am myself and there's nothing to prove because what am I going to do to prove that I am me? Like, hello. And by the way, just so you know, I really am myself. It's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, so, um, so once I just accepted that, it made me, it made everything so much easier. I'm like a huge Marvel fan. 
Are you not helping? No, I'm the worst. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm just going to say I have this bracelet my sister gave me, but Captain Marvel, she, one of my, like my favorite quote from like a movie is I have nothing to prove to you. She just is like, I'm my yeah. own follow. Right. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. We could watch it together. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I you could do so much better because people talk about it all the time and I'm like, Good. Great. Okay. <sighs> I'm just like, thank, thank you for the information. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Ben, they would like to know, what is something we wouldn't know about you? <sighs> Let me think about this. Okay, maybe a few things. A of all, well, I run a this is Googleable, I think. I have a Super Bowl ring. I saw it. Same. That's Googleable. Um, <clears throat> that's. I used to always tell my athletes whenever I asked them like a fun fact about themselves, like that I can't find on Google. So oh it needs to be on Was Google. Was that like the ESPN sound? <laughs> Do you work there? I have notifications set on my phone. <laughs> but anyway, so that's not. That's not. That's Googleable, so it's not like something that maybe some people don't know. Um, another thing that I've been telling people recently, and I feel like now I absolutely have to back it up because now I'm saying it publicly, and like I say this to like um, Trevor Scales and Gary Streisgar on like 18 million, like 90% of the shows that I do, and I'm always like, you guys, I can rap, like I can literally rap, and they're like, no, you can't, and I'm like, I literally can, um, but I refuse to do it because like I need to prep, like I need to like get back into the rap mode. My second major was creative writing and I did poetry and I used to like do performances <laughs> like when I was in college. So I'm like, no, I literally could rap if I had to. And there, like, there was actually a point in my life. This was before Nicki Minaj was a thing where I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. There weren't like that many female rappers at the time. And I was like, I'm going to be, I remember like having this whole in-depth conversation with my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, I'm going to be a rapper. And he was like, okay, cool, do it. And then Nicki Minaj happened. I was like, no, I'm not because I can't rap like that. Like, that's just not. <laughs> um, but I, the other day I was filling in on Sports Nation and we were supposed to say, why were we saying this? Oh, we were talking about hidden talents or slept on talents because it was the day that Tom Brady was drafted. It was his anniversary. And they were talking about how slept on of a, um, as a draftee he was. And we were like, okay, what's a slept on talent that you have? And I was like, I'm a rapper. <laughs> And then I told this girl in the marketing department, and she was like, oh, we're going to pitch it to one of our sponsors. And I'm like, why? So now she's like, I might have to actually rap on a show. You so might I have to do I that. To like, stop telling people that. But that's that might be a thing. Yeah. And that might be like a moment. Right. It's a little rap moment. It would be. A what happens? Oh, who is calling because they saw right. that? Yeah, we're on the same page here. I've already thought about that. I'm like, wait, if I do rap, then like maybe Drake will just be like, hey, do you want to get on this song? And I'll be like, yes. <laughs> Did we just become not boyfriend and girlfriend because I don't want to marry you anymore, but like best friends? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. He'll totally, he'll totally be down for it. <laughs> I see this. I see manifesting. Right. Right. This has been literally like the highlight of my life. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't 
know if it's just the highlight of your this life. Literally so much fun. And I'm sad our time together is coming to a close. But before you go, I ask this at the end of every every episode. Yeah. For each guest. Um, because I think it is so fun to celebrate others and uplift others as you know, we're just all kind of trying our best. Yeah. What is something you are proud of yourself for? Ooh. I I will say I'm proud of myself for enduring because when I talk about the grind and when I talk about like working really hard to get here, there were so many times where I was like, actually, this is why I said the thing about like, if you love what you're doing, just like keep doing it. Because there were times where I was like watching people that weren't doing this job and I was like making pennies and they were like doing adult things that were like buying homes and like doing things that were expensive. And I was like, I'm broke. Um, What's a house? Right? I'm like, who needs that? I will live in this studio. Um, When that was happening, I remember there were so many times where I was like, I'm just not going to do this anymore because people aren't going to hire me because I've been told so many times, like, not to do this. And like, this is not going to work out. And so I'm proud of myself for sticking, like, being like, you know what? I actually really love this job. So like, no matter what it looks like, I'm going to continue doing this because this is fun for me. Um, and so I'm proud that I endured and continue to endure because the grind don't stop, hustle don't quit. And like, we're, I'm still working a lot, working really hard. <clears throat> there was, um, I wear a whoop and well, my whoop still does this, but like the hours that I work are so ridiculous that my whoop will be like, spend time in bed from 4 a.m. to 1 p.m. to get the optimal amount of sleep because my I've been going to bed so late. like. It's also, so like, it's always going to be a grind and it's always going to be tough. And you're always going to be like, oh, this is so hard. So I'm just very proud of myself for enduring. And then like, hopefully by the time I'm like 60, I won't have to work until 4 a.m. <laughs> because I would have grind so hard. Okay. One day, one day I'll be able to say, actually, I would only like to work from 12 to 2 every day. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Once I'm like retired and they're like, can you please leave? <laughs> Like, no. I, no, I would like to work from 12 to, and they're like, yeah, because we don't want you here anymore. <laughs> this was such a blast. I cannot tell you enough how much fun I had. Um, thank you so much for sharing different parts of your story and for just being so transparent and authentic. I really no appreciate you. No problem. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Yay! Thank you for listening. For Christine Williamson, I'm Amanda Smith, and we'll catch you next time on How She Did It. Hey! hey. <laughs>